Good morning. We begin by thanking the sponsors of today's share, the Talmud Torah sponsors for the month. Yanki and Elisa Statman and Yitzi and Rebecca Statman in commemoration of the first yard site of Nucha, Shendel Yehudis Bastavid Yosef, the Shamash Havid and Leah, and the family should have it a We thank Shmuel and Robin Karabkin for their sponsorship as well, in commemoration of the 25th yard site of Robin's mother, Melanie Solomon, Allah Shalom, Pesamiriam Bas Chaim. We also thank the Week, the sponsor of the Week of Learning, Jeff and Debbie Schwartz, in commemoration of the fifth yard site of Debbie's mother, Shulamit Bas Shmuel. Again, the Neshama should have an Aliyah and the family should have an We are going to begin today, Daf Yudalit. We're going to review the mission that we started yesterday on Daf Yud Gimel with a with the brand new parak. The parak begins, Elu Mutarin. The following are mutter. So we learned this mission yesterday, so we'll go through it again very quickly. The so the, here, here we are beginning with the, a bunch of d- different terminology that a person can use where the nether will not take effect, where it will, will it, where it will be mutter. So the Gemara, the Mishnah begins. Chulin shaochalacha. The person says, "This is chulin that I will eat." In other words, that which I will eat will be chulin. So again, that's not a valid lashon of nether. It's chulin, and everything is fine. Now the Mishnah lists a number of different prohibitions. So we went through these yesterday. All these prohibitions are prohibited because they are naturally, according to the halachas of the Torah, asr. It has nothing to do with the nether. So this is considered a davar ha'asr, not a davar ha'nadr. We're going to spend time today looking into the source of that. But we've learned in the past that when a person uses the methodology of hatfasa, a person tries to accomplish a nether, by way of hatfasa, which is association, I associate a davar hamutter, something which is otherwise permissible, with something which is prohibited. That is a valid way of making a neder. I associate a piece of meat which is perfectly kosher, permissible to eat, with a piece of meat which is going to be usher. So if that isser, if that prohibition is because of a vow, then that's a valid neder. If that prohibition is because of a natural state of isser, then it's not a valid nether. We're going to list a number of cases of natural isurim which have nothing to do with a nether. And it starts off with kevisar chazir, like the meat of a chazir, pork. He, he says that this piece of meat should be like, uh, like besar chazir. So that's usur. It's usur from the time that it became, that it was created. From the time that the Torah said that you can't eat chazir, it was always usur and never will change. Kavodos kechavim, like Kavodos Zara. Kavodos Levuvim, yesterday we described Kavodos Zara is Kavodos Zara. Kavodos Levuvim is Takrovis Kavodos Zara, which is taking an animal and the, the service of Kavodos Zara. It's one of the ways of serving Kavodos Zara is that they would make some type of cut or an incision parallel to the heart, and they'd yank out the heart of the animal while it's still alive, quite a disgusting and barbaric procedure that they would do for Avodah Zarah. That is something which is a higher level of Avodah Zarah, because not only is it Avodah Zarah, but in such a case, it can't even be ultimately removed. It becomes Avodah Zarah permanently. Kinevelo is a trephos. Nevelo is an animal which dies on its own. Trephos is an animal which is attacked, or gets sick, and therefore it dies. In those cases, there's some element of Tumah there as well. Kishgotzim, Ramasim, again, those are pro- pro- prohibited um, creepy, crawly things, 
which also have a higher level of Tumah or a more stringent level of Tumah because they are Tameh Bechadash, the size of a lentil, which is much smaller. Kechalas Arnuk Chumah. So, like the Chala of Aaron and his Chumah, those are going to all, any one of those terminologies that a person uses to try to accomplish a neder, mutter, he is, it is permissible for him to eat that piece of meat or anything else that he's associating with any of the, the above mentioned items because that is not a valid terminology for a neder and therefore it doesn't work. Why? We're going to see soon in the Gemara. But the reason is because all those things are naturally asr and that is a davar ha'asr, not a davar ha'nadar. Person says, Omar Ishto, a person says to his wife, Hare'at alai ki'ima, you should be upon me like my mother. We explained yesterday, just like a person's mother is a prohibited relationship, person says to his wife, you should be to me like my mother. So the person is essentially saying, you should also be a prohibited relationship for me. So he is ostering his wife with a, with a neder. In such a case, poskin lo pesach So again, person's mother is, is ostered to them. There is a prohibition to have any relationships with the person, to have a relation with a person's mother, not because of any neder. It's asr midoraisa. It's a davar ha'asr. So therefore, when a person says that his wife should be like his mother, that too is not a valid neder. That's not a valid terminology that can use for hatfasa, for association of a neder. Nevertheless, the Mishnah says, poskin lo pesach mimokimachar, we make him find the Pesach Mubakamachar. We explained yesterday as well. When a person comes to, to, null, to nullify a vow, they have to have some type of Pesach. Usually the Pesach could be that I did not understand the implications, the ramifications of making this nether. So here it has to be something outside. The Ron explains that you can't just say, it wasn't respectful to my mother. It wasn't respectful to my mother. I didn't realize it wouldn't be respectful to my mother. We actually make the person come up with, with another Pesach for their neder. And then he has to nullify the vow. Why? Because we don't want a person to be, to be very, you know, just... Yeah, flippant. We don't want people to be flippant with these type of nadarim to, to just to, to say these things. Like Mar is going to explain that this, is, this mission is referring to an Amaretz. When, when it comes to a Tamar Chacham, does not need to have a, a, a nullification of this vow. We're worried about people who are Amaratz, and we'll describe later in the Gemara what that means. But ultimately, it's not a valid expression of a neder for a person to say to his wife, you should be like my mother, but because we are concerned about what's going to happen as a consequence of people making these types of nadarim, Chazal nevertheless said he has to go ahead and nullify that vow. The Gemara, the Gemara continues. Going back to the first cases of the Mishnah. It seems like the reason why the nether does not work is because the person said that the food that I have is Now, which means that which I eat will be chulin. However, what happens? It should be lachulin sha'ochalacha. Then that's mashma lo lechulin lahave ella carbon. If he would have added in the lamid when he said chulin shochalacha, and then it turns into lachulin shochalacha. Gemara understands in such a case it would have been a valid neder because his intention would have been lo lechulin lahave. This food that I'm pointing to 
should not be like any other chulin, which is always permissible. Rather, lahavik elokikarbon. It should be like a carbon, a carbon which is a sacrifice, which is obviously also for a person to eat. So again, we are we are inferring from the words of our Mishnah that if he would have said lachulin, then we would have understood that he meant to say that the food that I have should not be chulin, rather it should be like a carbon, which is a classic example of Sigmar says, Mani, who is the one who is of this opinion? Amani Masnison, who's the town of our Mishnah? I Rabbi Meir, if it's going to be Rabbi Meir, we already established earlier that Rabbi Meir requires you to verbalize exactly what's on your mind. You can't just say, I won't do this, and we'll infer from your words what you will do. You have to be explicit about what you're going to do. So this Mishnah cannot be Rabbi Meir, because Rabbi Meir does not hold up that concept of Michal Lav included in saying no, you hear the yes. And this Mishnah, clearly, from the inference we're making in the terminology of the Mishnah, requires you to hold of that concept of Mechalav HaTashmei Ahein. So Gemara on top of Yitala and Aleph, Ve'el Rabbi Yehuda. So it must be that it's Rabbi Yehuda. Yehuda is the one who disagrees with, with Rabbi Meir on that concept. So then we have a problem. Hainu Resha. We already have pretty much the exact same Mishnah on Daf Yudam and We saw this it's interesting that the Gemara calls it Reisha when it's another parak, but it means Reisha, the beginning of the Masechta. And that Yudam Abeis, if you turn back quickly over there, you'll see, Ha'omer Lachulin Sh'ochalacha, that's the mission over there, and, and we have clearly where Rabbi Yehuda says that that is a valid nether, so we learned this already. So the Gemara says, Aidi the Katani, Kibsar Chazir, Kavoz Kachavim, Lachi Katani Chulin. So says the Gemara, you know what? The Mishnah does add in the case of Chulin, which is not necessary. We don't have to say that case. But since we were listing all these other cases, we started it off with a similar case, which was Chulin. In other words, you're right, it is superfluous. It was mentioned earlier, but it's not such a problem because it fits with the flow of the rest of the Mishnah. Ravina Amar, Ravina disagrees, and he says, Hachi Katani. Ve'elu mutarin kachulin. In other words, you have to understand that when the Mishnah says at the beginning, chulin it doesn't mean that that was an expression of a neder. Because the expression using the terminology chulin in your neder was already addressed previously in the, in the, in the first parak. So when it says chulin in this parak, at the beginning of this parak, what it means is that all of these cases will result in the person's food remaining like any other chulin, which means it's permissible to be eaten. Now what's the case? The following expressions of a neder will result in the food that you're talking about remaining permissible to be eaten like any other chulin. Kibsar chazir. Person says it could be like it should be like kibsar chazir. Kavod kachavim like kavod zara. Now the Gemara says v'lo tana chulin havimine by sheila. The Gemara is now analyzing this. Hold on a second. What what would I have thought if I, if you wouldn't have said? that all these things will remain like chulin. In other words, what's the value you're adding to the Mishnah by saying that's going to be like chulin? Because again, understand the Gemara understands that when the Mishnah gives me an example of something, whenever you give an example of something, it's because the concept's a little difficult to understand. I, w- I may have thought A, I may have thought B. So you give an example, so you say, oh good, I have a place where I can compare it to like chulin. 
So the Gemara is saying, okay, so you must have needed Chulin to be there. It's like this, you'll understand. It's mamish like Chulin. What's the case of any other Chulin? If I go to the store and I want to buy a hamburger, I don't have to do Ataras and Dharma on the hamburger. I just buy it, I make a bracha, and I eat it. So the Mishnah is saying that all these Nadarim result in my food being exactly like that hamburger that I would have bought in the store, like any other chulin. So the Gemara is saying, if you wouldn't have given the example of chulin, I would have thought that something's different and I need atara. In other words, v'ilotana chulin havyamina bai she'ela. If it wouldn't have said chulin as an example, I would have thought that need she'ela umi'ikla sukiyatatiyachi. Would I ever have thought that that's the case? Since it says at the end of the Mishnah, the end of the Mishnah clearly expresses that if a person says to his wife, you should be upon me like my mother, what's the halacha there? In such a case, he does have to have atara. So the Mishnah at the end had no problem expressing what the halacha is when you have to have atara. So in the fact that the Mishnah did not say that in the beginning, clearly you don't have to have Atara. So Michlal Dureshaloy So therefore, clearly in the beginning, when it says that it's not a valid nether, it means it's not a valid nether, nothing takes effect, and no Sha'ila is going to be necessary. No nullification is going to be necessary for this vow. So again, why do you have to add in the word that it's like Kulin to tell me that it's perfectly permissible all the way and totally permissible, of course. Elamachvarta, the Gemara says, write it out. That, that answer that, we get, that, that Ravina gave, that we are using the word Kulin just as an expression of what the halach is, erase that. Kulin, Memela Nas. But we just brought in the word Kulin because it flowed well with the rest of the Mishnah. We're talking about other cases which are Kulin, and therefore we just carried along as well. Now the Gemara says, Vinani Mili. So every time we have a Chiddush in the Mishnah, the Gemara is going to always have to ask, Vinani Mili, where we know it from. In this case, it's a little bit difficult because the Gemara doesn't ask, tell me what we're asking it about. But the Vinani Mili goes all the way back to the Mishnah on the concept, which is that when you take, when you make a nether, and a person makes a, takes a vow, that they, through the mechanics of Hatfasa, of association, Minat, the Gemara is asking, how do I know that I have to compare it to something which is prohibited by way of a neder, and I can't compare it to a case where it's prohibited by way of an iser? So minat imili, that hatfasa, that association only works when I associate it with something which is aser because of a neder. Amar Krav, the Gemara answers, for the Pasuk says, ish gidar neder lashem. And Pasuk says, Ish Yidar Neder, which is a double Lashem. It says Yidar Neder, and it adds Lashem. So, the Gemara says, until a person will make a Neder with a Dabar another. It's not clear exactly where this is coming from. And if you look throughout the page, you'll notice a few, there are a few different, different understandings of what this means in, in the Rosh. He's bothered by the fact, it seems like the, Gemara, the, the Rush's initial understanding of this Gemara is that we're bothered by the fact that it said Yidar Neder, which is a, a, a double expression of a Neder. Pasuk could have said Ishki Yidar Lashem. Why does it have to say Ishki ish Yidar Neder? A person will t- 
take a vow of a vow. So the, the double lashon, the extra word neder, according to the rush, is how we know that when a person makes a neder, they need to express it through the language of a neder and associate it with something which is usher by way of a neder. If you look at the rush on the side, he's bothered by the fact that very often we find, it's repeated in this Masechta as well, that when the Torah says something, even if it's not perfectly precise, if it's, if it's the Lashon of an Adam, if that's the way that people talk, then you can't really make a Joshua from it. So the Rosh says, Man de Isle, Dibra Torah, Lashon Bnei Adam, Darashlei, Mehashem. In other words, if you're going to be bothered by the fact that Yidar Neder seems to be a normal way of talking, and therefore the Pasuk also uses that way of talking, because Dibra Torah, Kilashon Bnei Adam, the Torah sometimes will express something exactly the way that people talk. So then says the rush, the drush will be from the word Lashem. Why do you have to have the word Lashem there? The Pasuk could simply have said, Ish neder, Yisrael Why Lashem? So the word Lashem tells you, that your neder has to be expressed by comparing it to something which is also by way of a neder. So there's two ways of understanding the Gemara, either from the double Lashem, Yidar neder, and if that's not good enough for you, you can learn it from the word Lashem. The Gemara Darshan is actually Yidar, the Dabar Nadar, until you can make a Nadar with a Dabar Hanadar, with with, through associating with something which is also by way of a Nadar. So the Gemara says, hold on a second, Ihachi, if that's the case, you can't stop reading the Pasuk right there. Afilu Vadabar Asa. You should be able to make a Nadar through Atfasa, even by associating with something which is Asa, not by a Nadar, but just naturally Asa by way of the Torah. And feel the double asar nami. Why? Because the pasuk continues. Daksiv lasar isar. The pasuk says lasar isar, and that's an isar. Lasar Israel nafsho. So Gemara says lasar isar mi boyleg lichedetanya. We already need that expression of lasar isar for a different drasha, which is ezo iso amar batara. This is something that we learned earlier. And that you'd base them at Aleph. The Gemara asks, how do we know that the, the, the different expressions of a neder? And if you remember from that Gemara, the point of that Gemara was that a person can make a neder and say something is asr kiyom shemespo of it. In other words, he's asking something like the day that his father passed away. Now, what the, the, the Chiddush over there is that the day that his father passed away is a personal day for him and has no relevance of Isra for anybody else. In other words, it's not like it's Yom Kippur. It's not like it's uh, any other carbon that, or, that, he, or, that he turned into an Ola and everybody else is forbidden from it. Yom Shemespo Aviv is his personal day on the calendar. So the point of that Russia is that a person can make an Eder and ask for something by associating it to Yom Shemespo Aviv, the day that his father died, even though the day that his father, that his father died really is only relevant to him. The Gemara over here is a little shorthand. It doesn't express what that Joshua was. But you turn back to Dafyad Beis. That's what I was talking about. Now it's interesting. The Ran. One of the interesting things about Nadarim is that we have the Ran is really the primary Mefarish on the on the Masechta, and he throws in a lot of extras over here. So if you look, about I would say two, four, six, about ten lines up from the bottom, the Ran just summarizes. He writes Hilkach. It should be in bold. The Indian halacha naktina. Halachically, this is how we go. The matfis bedavar haaser lo havi neder v'lo tzarech she'ela klal. If a person 
associates a davar hamotar with a davar ha'asur, then there's no nether. No nether at all. The whole thing is completely null and void. So if a person says this meat should be like basar chazir, there's no nether. It doesn't have to have any hatara. But filu even if the person is in amaretz, we're going to explain why that's important because it's going to come up soon in the Gemara. El b'madr ishte bovat, only when a person makes a nether that his wife, mihai tamid the kasev the mesnisan, avod matfis bedavar hanader. And this is the point that the Gemara is that he's adding in. Avod matfis bedavar hanader. The person does hatfasa through a davar hanader. Vafilu bedavar she'ena nader elo lo bilvad. And he uses something which is only nadur for him. Like his father's yartzite, chayel, it's going to work. So the Pasuk teaches us two things. The Pasuk teaches us you have to compare the davar hamutter, the permissible item, to something which is aser only because of a nether. However, that nether could be only something which is very personal to you. It doesn't have to be like a communal iser. The Gemara continues. Going back to the Mishnah, Omer Lishto, person says to his wife, Hare Ata like Ima, you are upon me like my mother. Sigmar says there's a problem over here. Vraminu, we have a stira. Hare at alai, person says to his wife, Hare at alai should be upon me, kibisar ima, like the flesh of my mother, kibsar achosi, like the flesh of my sister, kearla, arla is the first three years of that of a, of a tree's life that it gives that the fruit are going to be usher. So he says that his wife should be like Arla, Kiklai Karam, like a forbidden mixture in a vineyard. Lo Arklam, it's nothing. The nether doesn't take effect at all. So what's the problem? Our Mishnah agreed in principle that the nether doesn't work, but it's not Lo Arklam. The Mishnah still says he has to go to be Matra the nether. But that Brisa said that Lo Arklam, it's nothing. So Marbaya, Lo Arklam, when that Brisa said Lo Arklam, it is nether, it does not take any effect at all. It just meant midoraisa. However, that does not mean that you're done. It's and you still have to go midrabanan and have the vow nullified. Rav Amar, This is what we were referring to earlier about the difference between a tamachacham and amaretz. Rav says the case where it's lo amar klum, that if a person says this, then the nether takes zero effect at all. That's talking about a Tamachachim who says this. However, when it comes to an Amaretz, that is where a person will have to have the Hatara. And the Gemara backs it up by saying, Vatanya, this is not a Vatanya, which is a Kasha, it's a Raya, Hanoder Vatorah Loomer Klom. We're going to get into this very soon. A person takes a nether with a Torah, it's nothing. A person, nevertheless, has to go ahead and nullify the vow. Does not have to go to a chacham to have that, that vow nullified. So we see that there's a difference between a chacham and amaret. Now, in terms of what the difference is, I hear everyone's turning the page. I just would, tell, I would, would encourage you to turn back just for one second on the, on the rush. In the rush, he explains that, I guess, the rush... We have it over here in the Dharam. It's like a small little sidebar on, on the, on the, in the margin. He writes, What's the problem with an Amaretz? The way he's understanding Amaretz over here is he doesn't understand the importance of Nidharim, and therefore he takes Nidharim too often. 
Sheinu nizar milidar v'chmiru alav k'deish shelo yesar ishto alav. A person who's constantly, we described yesterday, it was a little bit like in jest, but the point was that a person, an Amaretz, he doesn't understand the, the weight or the sincerity of making a neder, and therefore, every time he gets upset, he might express a lashon of a neder. Now it happens to be that today, the lashon that he might use might not be a lashon, might not be a term that will actually make his wife awesome. But if he gets upset tomorrow and he gets into the habit of taking Nadarin and ostering his wife on him every time he gets upset, you know what? Maybe tomorrow he'll actually use a, a proper terminology and his wife will be usher on him. So therefore, we just don't want people getting into the habit of doing this at all. Now, what's the, what's the difference between... What, why is it better by a Chacham? So two reasons. Number one, a Tamar Chacham understands the sincerity of a Nadar. First of all, hopefully Tamar Chacham is not getting angry at his wife all the time. But even if he is, he understands the sincerity of a nether, and he's not going to be flippant in just saying, you know what, I'm so angry at you. You know what, you're also me like my, like my mother. And then the next day, he uses the valid Lashen, which actually might ask for his wife. Tamar Chacham won't do that, so we're not, we don't have to worry about it. In other words, two things. First of all, Tamar Chacham is not going to be flippant with Nadarim. Number two, even if he does use a neder, he understands the difference between a neder, which is bedavar hanador, and bedavar aser. So therefore, there is an exclusion made for tamid chachamim. Tamid chacham finds himself making this neder. You can just ignore the whole thing because it does not take effect. But namaretz, since he does not understand the difference, there, and he's also flippant about nedarim, therefore we make him be mat the neder. The question I saw <coughs> the, the post can deal with who's considered a tamid chacham with regard to this. Um, it's an interesting discussion of who's considered Tamar Chacham in general. And there are a few places where Tamar Chacham have a, a relevance or, or in, in halacha where a person needs to be like an approved Tamar Chacham. And one of them is that Tamar Chacham doesn't pay taxes. Now, the, the Ramah, <laughs> the Ramah does, does give a clear description in Yordea about, about who fits that category. And there are cases where Tamid Chachamim, where, where it comes up in Shulchan Aruch, and it's interesting how the description goes. Basically, it has to be someone who can answer questions. In, in the, the Sma writes about it. It means the way that the Poskim describe an Amaretz is somebody who basically can't learn to save his life. And in Tamid Chacham, the opposite is somebody who could really answer questions all over the place. And even in difficult topics, even if he doesn't know the answer, immediately has the ability within a short amount of time to be able to learn something by himself and come up with the answer. Now, that might be with regard to an exemption of taxes, but it seems the post can want to say that in this case, it's different. When it comes to taxes, that's for, it's for covered with Tamar Chacham. In other words, the Gemara of Basra talks about certain laws of competition. And the Gemara says that when it comes to certain Tamil Chachamim, no laws of competition, we want them to be able to get their business done as soon as possible, can make a Parnassah, and go home and learn. Why? Because Klai Yisrael recognizes the value that Tamil Chacham's Limun HaTorah has for Klai Yisrael. We don't want Tamil Chachamim spending their whole day trying to make a sale. We want them to get out there, make their Parnassah. The Tamil Chacham says, you know what, I have enough money now to support my family, now I can go back and learn the rest of my life until I have to go make my next sale. 
So therefore, out of respect for, number one, the Talmud Chacham, number two, the value that we see in having someone sit and learn and spend his whole day learning, we don't want that person wasting that time. So therefore, we are invested in that person's ability to be able to make a sale. Go make your sale and go back home and learn. Your Talmud Torah is too important to us. That's, that's one concept of a Talmud Chacham. In other words, we, we value the Torah. In this case, we're a little bit more reluctant to call someone Talmud Chacham and tell them they don't need to have any Hatara because the whole idea over here is we're concerned about what happens as a result of this nether. Now, if whether the person's a bona fide Talmud Chacham or like in the times of, you know, of, of the Sanhedrin or a person is not, at the end of the day, we don't want to have a situation where these Nadarim are going to be flying around freely. So therefore, the, the, the post can seem to take more of a stringent approach to who's considered Talmud Chacham and almost nobody nowadays would fit that category with Talmud Chacham and therefore, if anybody says to their wife, Hare at alai ki'ima, a person should go ahead and be matter that nether. Gemara continues. Tanya, we learned in the Brisa. Hanoder batora. A person takes top, at the top, the very top of Yudala Amun Beis. Hanoder batora. So notice there are, there are three different expressions over here. Over here. The person takes a nether with a Torah. What's the halacha? Lo It's nothing. Bimasha kasavba. Person says he's taking a neder. In other words, bimasha kasavba with what is said in the Torah. That's a valid neder. Ba with the Torah. Ubimasha kasavba and with what's written in it. Dvar kayamin. That is a valid neder. So the Gemara says, hold on. Katani bimasha kasavba. Person takes a neder. And he associates it with what is written in the Torah. And then, <coughs> it works. So now why do you have to have the third expression, which is, So You have to actually say that case? In other words, the understanding over here is, when a person says that he's making a neder, like a Sefer Torah. So what does that mean? Does it mean the information in the Torah? Does it mean the Shemos of Hashem in the Sefer Torah? Or does it mean the parchment and the Atzechayim? What's it referring to? It's referring to the binding. Which part? So the Gemara understands what a person says, Bat Torah, in the Torah, is referring to the physical Torah. The Gvilim, the physical Torah. That's not a, not a valid expression of a nether. But if a person takes the nether with what is written in the Torah, that indeed is quite an intense nether, as a matter of fact. So then why do you have to say that if a person says, ba, with the actual Torah and what's written in it, that the, the nether is going to be a good nether, obviously it's going to, be, going to be a good nether. Once you know the second line, that once a person associates this nether with b'mashakasavah, of course the first line, the, the, the second one, where it's all-inclusive, is going to be a good nether. So Amar of Nachman Lukasha, it's not a question. It's not a question. That's when the Torah is on the floor. It doesn't mean that it's sitting on the floor. The Torah is on the floor. It means it's put down. It's placed down. Aara in this case means, you know, if it's in the Aron Kodesh, which is on the floor, it's, in other words, it's put down in its place. In other words, it's put down. The other case is where he's holding it. So just when we're going to say that the Savior Torah is on the floor, anytime we're going to say that now, we just mean as opposed to him holding it. 
Holding it is not kitlepi yadeh. The case of putting it on the floor does not mean that the Torah is on the floor, Khalila, it means that he's not holding it. So Mahta Aara, if it's placed on the floor, Daiti Agvili. His mind is on the physical aspect of the Sefer Torah. Nakat Labiyade, he's holding it in his hand, Daite Allah's Karashiva. He's actually thinking about the names of Hashem that are in it. Now this is a little bit complicated. Because the Gemara didn't really express exactly what it means. Therefore, I would take you to the Ran on the side. Here's where he's holding it. So it's not, not a very long Ran, but he goes through all the three cases. And it's very important to see this. Sometimes this happens in Masechus Nadarim. That the Gemara gives an answer, and it's not necessarily as clear. It's a little bit different in Masechus Nadarim than other Masechus Nadarim. But here, we have the advantage that you have the Ran... The Ran sometimes is overwhelming because he writes a lot. In this case, it's not such a long Ran. and helps us understand the Gemara very much. So look in the Ran. Reisha, the first case, the first case when a person was Noder Batora and it's nothing, is the Nakit Labiyade. He's holding it. Nevertheless, it's nothing. Why? When he said Ba Torah, the expression of Torah always just means the physical Torah. With the, with the parchment. If he actually expresses, he's holding the Torah. And he says, Why did He's actually having in mind the names of Hashem. He took a Shavuah in the name of Hashem. Now, the other side, the flip side is, I will say for the last two cases, or the last case, where the Torah was placed down on the ground. Askinu, we're talking about Lefikach. He would have simply said, He's not even holding the Torah. So he says, but it's nothing. Why? Since it's placed down on the floor, Amrino, we assume Daiti Agvili. He still is not talking about the content of the Sefer Torah. He's talking about the physical Sefer Torah. That's what he meant when he said Bemashakasuba. He's referring to the physical Torah, but not the not the Haskaras, not the names of Hashem. When he says in the Torah. And the information that's inside it, and the Askaras, and the names of Hashem. Mahani, it works, it's a good nether. Why? The Kivan the Amar Ba Kvar Hizkir Agvilin. Once he said Ba, he then included the entire physical Torah. Now, but the Amar Ba, he added in the Mashakasaba. What's the point in that? Why? He, what, what value is he adding by saying the Mashakasaba? Al Karchach, it must be Daiti Askaras that his mind is focusing on the names of Hashem. In other words, we have three cases and two scenarios. The Ran takes us all three all, through all the combinations of those scenarios, where ultimately we can understand why you have to have the middle case of Bemasha Kasava and Ba Ubemasha Kasava, and it still makes sense. Because the first time when it said Bemasha Kasava with what's written in it is talking about where he's holding it. The other case of Ba Bumashakasaba is talking about where it's placed down on the ground, and therefore Ba 
brings him closer to the Torah that's, oh, he's actually talking about that, that Sefer, the physical Sefer. And then Bemasha Kasava is the addition, he actually means Askaras, the names of Hashem, which are in it. And that is necessary when it's on the floor. There's another way of answering this. Hold on a second. Another answer. The whole thing is talking about where it's placed on the floor. The extra case is teaching us the Africa of the Machta Aara, even though it's placed on the floor. In other words, according to this understanding, you're right, there is an extra case over here. But there's a concept of Zuvein Sarklomar Zu. Sometimes we have that sometimes you'll, we, for added expression, you'll add a case which is not necessary. So according to this, but all of them are talking about a case where it's placed on the floor. Now, Bamashikasaba is the Chiddush. Bob Mashikasaba is, of course, that's also going to be a problem, but it's Zuvein Sarklomar Zu. You don't have to have, you don't really need to have that. Bibai Yisema, another tarot says, Kula Mitsyasa, the whole middle case, Middle case is talking about where he's holding it. The is teaching us Kivan since he's holding it even though he only said Ba. It's as if he said In other words, the, the bottom line is coming out to be the same. If a person's referring to the physical Sefatara, then it doesn't work. If he's, if he's referring to the Azkaros of Hashem, Inside the Sefer Torah, then certainly it will work. And the question just is, what does he mean when it's placed on the ground, when he's holding it? And those are the various different turrets. We still, we still have a couple minutes. Let's start the next Mishnah. The next, the next Gemara's tomorrow's daf is a very, very interesting daf. We'll get started on on the Mishnah just to get our to get our feet a little bit wet, and we'll continue tomorrow. The Mishnah says, "Konim Shani Yasha." Person takes another shani yashan about sleeping. In other words, that which I will sleep will be a konam. Now, interestingly, we have a similar Mishnah Mesech Shavuos where it says she'eni yashan. And if you look at the round over here, it, it fits with what we've been describing the whole throughout the whole Masechta. Mishum dinadarim mat. Sorry, the first Rashi. Bekula garcinon shani below yud. We read it without a yud. In other words, it's shani not she'eni. Ubeshvuos garcinon mesech shvuos sheeni with a yud. Why? Mishum de nedarim matfis cheftza anafshe. When it comes to nedarim, he's he's associating the object with himself. Tani lubaloshen sheani klomer mashani. Mishum de beshvuos aser nafshe. He's talking about himself. Tani lubaloshen eini, which is talking about me. Now, so a person takes a nether that he's not going to sleep. Shani Medaber, that he won't speak. Shani Mahalech, in other words, that which I will go is a konem. In other words, he's taking a nether not to go anywhere. Omer Isha konem shani misham sheikh. person takes a nether not to have tashmish with his wife. Harezeh, below yachel devaro. This person is within the Isra of lo yachel devaro who doesn't fulfill his words. In other words, the nether doesn't work. Tomorrow we'll explain exactly why it says lo yachel devaro. Why doesn't it just say it's Asr? Have a wonderful day.